Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into the Chicago White Sox as they are currently on a six-game winning streak, a.k.a. La Russa's boys. First time I've been able to say that all season is La Russa making dumb comment after dumb comment finally has come through for once as a manager the White Sox coming off back-to-back sweeps of the Kansas City Royals and the Minnesota Twins and currently hold the best record in the MLB at 22-13. and So lots to talk about with the Southsiders. We're also going to dive into some NBA as the play-in tournament. The first ever play-in tournament is next week. Who will be in? Who will be out? Who will be the Cinderella team that we talk about for years to come, the NBA playoffs right around the corner, best time of the year. So the Chicago White Sox, currently 22-13, and atop of the AL Central, atop of the league right now, best winning percentage in baseball. It was just, it was so funny. Last week I was at one of my boys' places, Mike Getz, uh, and there was this one random guy there that I didn't know. Uh, so he, he he had some people over. You know, and we were just discussing baseball. I think actually, I was discussing baseball with somebody, one of my friends. And this guy just butts in. He's like, you know, was obviously a, a huge Cubs fan or some sort of fan that is against the White Sox. And he was like, oh, the White Sox. Like, yeah, they're only like the the fifth best team in the league. And first of all, I'm like, okay, a top five team, Chicago White Sox. I'll take it. But I wasn't even like, I wasn't saying, oh, White Sox, so much better than everybody else. I was just like hyping them up because I'm like, yeah, they're getting hot, you know, and this guy's totally trying to, you know, burn bridges right off the bat. And little does he know, little does he know, karma, fucking karma as the White Sox haven't lost since I was talking to this guy who I don't even know who he was, probably never seen him again. And now they are officially the best team in the league for now. I'm not trying to overhype the situation, but I can't tell you the last time I've seen the Chicago White Sox atop of the power rankings. You know, when I saw the ESPN alert, who took over the Dodgers for the top spot? <laughs> the White Sox were, baby. Chicago White Sox were the team that took over the top spot. And they're doing it without left fielder Eloy Jimenez. Center fielder Luis Robert both out for pretty much the whole season. Hopefully we can get Robert back sooner than later as he opted out not to do his his hip flexor surgery. So I don't know if that means, okay, he'll be able to play. That makes me a little nervous because I, I don't want him to come back and then just, you know, collapse right away. I know that we're going to get Eloy back right around September. So if we can hold down the fourth this season and then get those guys back, oh, man. Oh, man. The White Sox, you know, 
They're doing it with their bats, but they're really doing it with their pitching. Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Giolito, who's struggling right now, but the boys got his back. I mean, the boys are... Kopech, either starting or coming out of the bullpen. Crochet. Hendricks coming along as the closer. The White Sox depth for their starting rotation and their bullpen is just ridiculous. I mean, they just keep coming out with guys that are just performing. And good pitching comes with good batting. So when you have good pitching, it takes pressure off your bats. And when you have good bats, it takes pressure off your pitching. For instance, someone that mentioned Keuchel, kind of been struggling this year. You know, he's been decent lately, but, you know, definitely not striking people out. People definitely get into him early. He let up three runs early versus the Twins the other day. Sox come back with nine runs. So knowing on the mound that you have a hot offense like the White Sox do, you're in good shape, and that just totally takes the pressure off. I mean, this, for example, Jose Quintana, a.k.a. Q, when he was part of the Southsiders team, very good, but couldn't get a win because, you know, his pitch, his his offense could not back up his pitching, so he was, you know, the king of the no decisions. Quintana definitely passes prime now on the Angels. Uh, you know, we trade him to the Cubs for the Eloy Jimenez deal. Thank you very much. Uh, who who was decent for the Cubs that season, but then really just didn't turn out to be a very good, you know, trade partner. And so, but what I'm saying is here is we have good pitching, but for instance, Rodon has come back. I think he was honestly, he he's the spark to this team. A sub-1 ERA, 5-0 and on the season. I mean, this guy is pitching like the guy that we picked six years ago in the draft. So it's unbelievable that he's having the performance this year when we really needed him. No one knew how he'd perform. Uh, and he's performing at a Cy Young level. I mean, he's right there for the Cy Young right now. I know it's only May, but if you're going to put candidates out there right now, you got to talk about Carlos Rodon. But to the offensive side, I mean, Tim Anderson, per usual, leading the charge in, in the leadoff spot, hitting 312. You know, going for a third batting title this year. I mean, it's kind of funny to say I mean, he's already had two batting titles. He's going for three. And it just goes down the list. You got Nick Madrigal playing like his Dustin Pedroia uh, wannabe status. I mean, that was the comparison that people gave him. He's, you know, best contact percentage in the league. Never strikes out. Uh, Moncada coming alive. Jose Abreu, 30-plus RBIs. Seven dingers. He's his bats coming alive. Grandal, awful start to the season, but two home runs in his last two games. A billion walks, so he's getting on base. Moncada stepping it up. I mean, just because just on the list, we have so much depth right now on our offensive side. Billy Hamilton almost hitting for the cycle yesterday. I've been kind of shitting on Billy Hamilton all year because he's been striking out, but he's come through in the outfield as well. Some big plays the other day, so everyone is contributing, which is. Awesome to see as a White Sox fan. That's always been the problem is has been our depth, uh, which has you know affected our consistency as a team. And right now, we are unconscious. We are unconscious, ladies and gentlemen. We are taking the league by storm, and there's no stopping us. There's no stopping the Chicago White Sox right now. Larusa, I've been giving him flack all year. He's been on multiple riddles rants, but for once, this very once, I'm giving him credit. I've liked his lineups. I liked his, you know, pitching moves. His his depth in the field, you know, he makes a lot of good double switches. So right now, Larusa, you're on the way up, and you know the I I've talked about it a lot. You make dumb decisions as a manager. You say dumb things, but 
But the one thing they could fix that is winning. And the White Sox, ladies and gentlemen, right now are winning. The NBA playoffs start next week. Well, not the playoffs, but the playing term. The first ever playing tournament. There's been a lot of controversy regarding the playing tournament. You know, specifically from Mr. LeBron James because he's now going to be a part of it, most likely. Well, not guaranteed yet, but it's looking that way. Of course, you know, he comes out and says that whoever made this rule should be fired. He's so salty. He hasn't talked about it all season, of course, that now that his team is in position to be in it. You know, he hates it. Obviously, you'd rather be in the first six than the playing tournament. But at the end of the day, you're in the playoffs. If anything, you having to play in a pressure, in a pressure situation might help you in the long haul. I know that in the in the NCAA tournament, there's always a team for this year. For instance, UCLA in the playing tournament or in the playing game has to play an extra round. So they already, you know, having to have their lives on the line already. And that can somehow, you know, that can take the pressure off of you in the upcoming rounds because you already know what it feels like to be, you know, almost eliminated. And they went all the way to the Final Four. And I'm, I'm not kidding. Every year there's a there's a team that makes a run coming out of that playing tournament. So I, I'm telling you right now, there is a team or teams that comes out of this playing tournament winning that first round. I just have that feeling especially with the first year of them having it, there's going to be a, a Cinderella team. Uh, and so I want to talk about the Cinderella teams right now and who I think has the best chance of making it out. So right now, the current standings in the playing tournament. So also, since we're talking about I love the idea of this playing tournament. It gets two extra teams in. It keeps the playoffs more interesting, you know, for teams that, you know, deal with injuries or just are still young. It gives them something to play for and, it stops the tanking. Too much tanking going on. It wasn't, you know, didn't seem like there's a lot of tank going on this year. There was just some bad teams. You know, Timberwolves, Thunder, Rockets, Detroit, Orlando. So there's some teams that weren't even tanking. They're just not good. They don't have the, you know, the personnel. But let me get into the current playing game standings right now. We have in the East. All right, we're going to start off in the Eastern Conference. We have the Boston Celtics. At the seven seed, they have totally collapsed, losing their last three or four games. Uh, not what you want to do going to the playing tournament. They're in the seven seed. And then you have the Charlotte Hornets at the eight, the Indiana Pacers at the nine, and currently the Wizards at the ten. Now, our Chicago Bulls, hashtag Los Bulls, still have a chance uh, as they are two games out right now of the playing tournament. So they need Washington to lose to Cleveland tonight and the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday, while the Bulls have to beat the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow and the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday. So the odds of the Bulls making the playing tournament, not very high, but there's still a chance. There's still a chance. The Bulls are still in. They need the Wizards to lose tonight to keep their chances alive. But most likely, those will be the four teams, the Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards, I personally love the Wizards. They've been so hot. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league. They're almost 20 games under 500. They're only six games under 500 right now, 32 and 38. They've had a couple close losses this week to Atlanta. Uh, they go to Atlanta to play back-to-back games, which is always tough. Atlanta's won 10 straight games at home. Uh, so tough schedule for Washington. But I seriously think out of those four teams that the Wizards have the best chance of coming out and doing something now. Unfortunately, they are going to have to play either the Sixers or 
the Nets. And I just don't really see... I don't see them beating either of those teams. And I know I'm saying that, you know, out of those teams, I think the Wizards have the best chance. I do think that, but at the end of the day, it's like, maybe they'll give them, like, a really close series, which is good enough for me. If they can take those teams to six or seven games, you know, Beal healthy, Westbrook playing at the level he's playing at, they can compete with a lot of teams in the East. Now, I also like, you know, I did like the Celtics, but with Jalen Brown out, the Celtics were on the you know spiraling down. I will say, with having someone like Tatum, there's always a chance. But it's hard for me to say right now, with the way that, that the Celtics are playing, that they have a chance to beat Brooklyn or Philadelphia. I don't think they do. I think Boston's screwed. Charlotte, I love Charlotte, but without Gordon Hayward healthy, I don't think they can compete. So I guess what I'm saying now is I guess the teams in the East are kind of screwed with now looking at Philadelphia or Brooklyn. It's going to be tough for any of those teams to get past them. But I think the Wizards can give one of those teams the best series with Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook playing at the level they've been playing at. Wizards are my team. If they can, you know, not choke the rest of their season away and let the Chicago Bulls. If the Bulls get in, that fucks with everything because the Bulls are losing right away. I can tell you that much. So let's hope the Wizards can get in. I'm sorry, Bulls. I'm not rooting against you. I just I think that the Wizards have the best chance to compete. I'm going to change my word from beating to compete with the top teams in the East. To the West. This is where... Well, so before I get to the West, actually, I want to give you my also my dark horse teams in the East, and that is the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. I want to shout out both those teams as Thibodeau has had the New York Knicks on a different level this year. They're 39-31. and 31. Julius Randle, one of my favorite players to watch this year. He's been unbelievable. On the Miami Heat side, we have Jimmy Butler playing at a high level again. He's healthy. Bam Adebayo playing at a superstar level. The Heat are so hot right now. They're playing good basketball at the right time. I don't want to play either the Miami Heat or the Knicks. And, and I like their matchups. The Heat would be playing the Atlanta Hawks. The Knicks are playing the Bucks. I like both those matchups. I think the Bucks are a tough matchup for the Knicks. But with D. Rose coming off the bench, anything's possible. And with the New York Knicks defense, they are not scared. Uh, I'd say, you know, the, the Heat definitely have the better chance of getting out of that first round. I think both those series are going to be fucking awesome. So, Eastern Conference, always weaker than the, the West, but it's still going to be a very competitive playoff this year. I'm very excited to see what those dark horses do. To the West. To the Western Conference, the, the best conference in sports, I'm telling you right now. In the playing tournament right now, we have the LA Lakers currently a half game out of the sixth seed. Portland holding that right now. And we have Golden State at 8, Memphis at 9, San Antonio at 10. They've all clinched a spot for the at least the playing tournament. The Lakers are the only team that have a chance to get out of the playing tournament. Golden State and Memphis play on Sunday. So that's going to be a huge game to see who can, you know, come out of head of the one of the two teams, you know, who gets home court or, or just avoids the 9-10. You want to avoid the 9-10 because, so for those, of you, for those of you that don't know how the playing tournament works, the 7 seed plays the 8 seed. Whoever wins that game plays the 2 seed. So they're automatically into the NBA playoffs, 7-game series. Whoever loses the 7-8 series plays the lose or plays the winner of the 9-10 team so whoever loses the 9 versus 10 game is out. 
And then whoever wins that plays the loser of the 7 versus 8. So if you lose a 7-8 game, you have a chance to redeem yourself. But the only thing is, is whoever wins the next game plays the 1 seed. Where in this case, the Jazz and the Suns are pretty close, in my opinion, in skill, skill-wise. So I don't want to play either one of those teams. But you're also kind of avoiding the juggernaut LA Clippers at the 3 right now. So, I mean, you're looking at the West right here. You have Utah at 1. At 50 and 20. Phoenix at 2, 49 and 21. The Clippers at 3, 47 and 23. The Nuggets at 4, 46 and 24. And then Dallas and Portland, 41 and 29 for Dallas, 41 and 30 for Portland. I mean, I don't want to play either one of those teams. And then you have the Lakers, who are going to be having Anthony Davis and LeBron coming back at the 7, 40 and 30. I mean, I don't even know where to begin in this conference. But right now, my two teams that I love, that me and Cough Daddy love, Cough Daddy, baby. Golden State and Portland. Those are the teams that have been hot. They've been playing good basketball at the right time, just like Miami and New York. But Portland has won you know, 9 out of 11 games. They should have won last night against Phoenix. They would have beat the Suns, or they would have beat the Jazz and Suns back-to-back. But a couple of missed free throws by Rob Covington. Couldn't get it done. Golden State currently won four in a row. Steph Curry having an MVP season once again. Draymond Green playing at a high level. I don't want to play either one of those teams. Memphis also playing great basketball right now. Shout out Grizz. Shout out Santangelo. The Grizz are, you know, have also won four in a row. I don't want to play either one of those teams. The only thing is, it's like, okay, you win your playing tournament. Who are you playing? And for instance, if Portland doesn't make the play, you know, if they survive the playing tournament, they get, oh, the LA Clippers the first round, who also have a lot of pressure on them to, you know, play really good basketball this year in advance because they've never made a Western Conference Finals as a franchise. If they don't do it this year, or, you know, don't make the finals, who knows where Kawhi is going to end up. Even though they've had a good season every every time he's been there, he's pretty much championship or bust mentality now. You know, he's kind of like that personnel. So lots of storylines in the Western Conference. If I'm picking my two dark horses here, I'm sticking with Portland and Golden State. I think if Steph Curry can put his team out of the play-in tournament, that they could go far. They could advance. They could beat Phoenix or Utah. They just beat Phoenix on on Monday. That they, they've competed with Utah this season. Not saying it's going to be easy, but I like Golden State coming out of the playing tournament and being able to do damage. I think Portland is going to have a hell of a series if they if they end up as a six with the Clippers uh, or the Nuggets. You know, both teams. You know, Nuggets only one game out of that, but. I think that Portland can compete with anybody in the Western Conference, and I am picking an upset team of Portland in the first round and Golden State. So those are my two Dark Horse teams. But next week on the podcast, we will have a better idea of who what the NBA playoffs will actually look like because the playing tournaments will be almost over. So I will give you my expert NBA opinion next Thursday. Riddle's Rant of the Week. My Riddle's rant of the week. So this might go against the, the public opinion. Udonis Haslam, a living legend on the Miami Heat. There's no disregarding that. You know, he's been on the team. He's 40 years old now, still on the team. He'll probably end up being a coach. Everybody loves him. You know, even Billy Donovan, when he coached him in Florida, said he was like, you know, the nastiest player he's ever coached in the, in the best possible way. But he got so much love yesterday for coming in. You know, his first time he's going to play all year, which is pretty cool. You know, I thought he was like a coach or something. He's still playing, I guess, but he hasn't played all season. 
gets in the game, hits a couple shots, uh, and then gets, obviously, in a tussle with Dwight Howard, who I'm also, you know, that guy's a scumbag as well. So, of course, those guys are fighting. Haslam gets tossed for putting his hand in in Dwight's face. Uh, You know, and, of course, everyone's just loving him all over the internet. But I want people to remember what that guy did to Luol Dang uh, back in the day. First of all, Udonis Haslam was known for the guy. He literally threw his mouth guard, you know, like at a ref, which is disgusting. First of all, it's all just a scumbag move. Like, who does that? But second of all, Luol Dang, you know, going up for a, a layup. Udonis Haslam completely blindsiding him, flagrant two foul, takes him out of the game. Ends up hurting Luol Dang for half the fucking season. Uh, and I remember it was the first game of the season. And the Bulls were winning that game. They looked great. And Luol Deng, obviously, always the centerpiece of the Bulls, you know, 2010-2015 runs when they were really good. So, really hurt our season. I always hated Donis Haslam. And, of course, he always just got away with it. And he always was pretty good. So, he always came in and hurt every team he played. Not not physically like that to Wall, but just, you know, he was always hitting daggers. Always played great defense. You know, got under people's skin. So, I give him credit. I can't believe he's still in the league. And he's really made the most out of his tenure at the Miami Heat, he's a legend, but he's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. I think people know that, but I think people like that about him. But since he hurt one of my players, uh-uh, I'm not tolerating that. So I will forever hate you, you guys has him. But I've come to terms that okay, yep, you've you've made it in the NBA, and you've you know you've made it the way you you've done it by playing your rules. He's playing by his rules. Uh, he's made it work. But at the end of the day, fuck you, you Donis Haslam. Chief or spotlight of the week. My G4 spell out of the week. I'm going non-sports related here. The CDC came out yesterday saying that if you are fully vaccinated, that pretty much in an outdoor or indoor setting, you don't really have to wear a mask anymore. So they're they're saying except for like, you know, in really close proximities like a bus, a plane, doctor's office. But for the most part, no mask. And that is, you know, especially being a tennis coach and having to transfer into the outdoor weather now. It's super hot wearing a mask. That is the best news I'm hearing. I mean, the only shitty thing is, I guess, is, is if you're not vaccinated, you know, you're just kind of got to like, well, I'm just going to slide in with people that are vaccinated. So, I, and I'm not saying if you're, if you're not vaccinated, like, screw you. I'm just saying, like, I don't know how that's going to work, you know, in, in the long haul. But, you know, we, we don't need everybody to be vaccinated with the herd immunity. So th- that was always the point of the vaccinations. Yeah, I encourage everyone to get one. But as long as the majority have it, we're going to be good. And the fact that we're, I mean, that was a, I mean, I've been waiting for a while now. I've been vaccinated for a little while. It's kind of weird because you kind of start to think, you're like, I forgot I even got vaccinated. I I haven't been able to use it yet because I still have to wear a mask everywhere. But they're now saying, okay, you don't have to wear one. I mean, the outdoor is one thing, but indoors, that was huge. I'm like, okay, okay, indoors, you don't have to wear one either, you know, with, with people. So love to hear that. It's such great news. We've come so far as a country, as a world, to get this to get to this day. I, I know I can't even be saying it because all over the world right now, COVID is still such a big problem. But in the United States, it was you know the center of attention with how bad it was getting, you know, for the last year and a half. So the fact that we're at this point right now, I never thought we'd see the day. Uh, so no idea where we're gonna go from here, but it looks like we're on the way up. And before we know, we will be mask free. Party it up, people. So 
let's let's get after it. Let's keep going strong. Thank you, CDC, for coming out with what you said yesterday about your mask policy. Let's go. We keep going strong. We grind. My flick of the week this week. I'm taking it to a classic, a Will Smith superhero classic, Hancock. Hancock is one of those movies that's like, okay, it's not going to win Best Picture. But it is one of those movies where it, it really makes you think about yourself as an individual. Like, am I being the best person I can be? As cheesy as that sounds. But in Hancock, Will Smith, superhero, can save the world, but it's also a drunk. He's, he's a degenerate. You know, he's kind of a dick. Obviously, he wants the, you know, the opinion of, you know, he he wants the gratitude from people for what he's doing, and he's not getting it because he's just an asshole. I mean, that's, that's basically it. So Jason Bateman, the other co-star in this movie, is, you know, involved in marketing, you know, for his job, and he wants to promote Hancock as a good, you know, person as opposed to, you know, an asshole. And that's pretty much, that's, that's pretty much the moral of the story is he's like, Hancock, you're a dick. Let's make it so people know that you're not a dick. And then, so, of course, you know, a lot of things going on. But, you know, you wonder how Hancock got his powers in the first place. And he wonders the same thing. You know, I think that's what it, kind of the story is about is he's like, I'm given all this this power. But, I, like, I don't know why. Like, why me? Like, what is my life? You know, he's just alone. And, you know, he wants, you know, he needs, you know, family. And he wants he wants people to like him. And, obviously, it's it's tough when he's just, you know, kind of an outcast in the world, even though he's saving everybody. So great movie, really funny at times, also serious. So it has a mixture of all the emotions, you know, so get the popcorn, get, get the juices flowing. It's a fun movie. You know, I watched it at like, you know, it was kind of a late night movie for me. So I wouldn't say, yeah, sit down at seven, you know, it's a feature movie, but it's kind of a late night flick. So it's only, it's only 90 minutes. So I'm sure most people have seen Hancock already, but it, it was, it was a while for me since I've seen it last. So Reventure into your past lives. Watch some Hancock. You'll remember how good it really is. My bet of the week this week. I'm taking it to the NBA. If it would have the podcast yesterday, I was going to say, take Miami Heat, take Miami Heat, and they wrecked the Sixers. So I really hope that this bet tonight can match that. I'm taking the Golden State Warriors spread. They're currently, so last night I took the Warriors. I thought it was a very meaningful game. Apparently... It's not as meaningful because win or lose on Sunday, they play the Grizzlies, so that's really the game that matters. So this game against the Pelicans tonight, I guess, doesn't matter as much, but I still think the boys are going to be playing, you know, Curry, Draymond for at least a good amount of the game. So the spread last night was five and a half, and I hammered it. It is now minus two. The spread's minus two, so if that gives you anything, I'm still, I mean, I... I have no choice now. I'm riding the five and a half. It's at two now because they're assuming that the scrubs are going to be playing a lot. But for the Pelicans, Zion is out. Ingram is out. Steven Adams is out. Lonzo Ball is out. So they have scrubs as well. So I like the Warriors team. You know, I like their bench anyway. So they're they're still going to be playing hard. I still like the Warriors, especially at minus two. Take them. I don't like the Pelicans right now. They're playing like trash. They're eliminated from the playoffs. Nothing to play for, which, yeah, sometimes that means that they got nothing to play for so they'll play loose but they're a bad team without those guys so take the Warriors take the spread there's no other good NBA on MLB is tough today I'm liking the Warriors 830 ESPN prime time Warriors won't disappoint you Warriors spread hammer 
That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Big weekend ahead of us. I'm actually going to the White Sox game on Saturday versus the Royals. The Royals again. Let's go. Fuck the Royals. We're taking them down. Going to be a nice weekend, though. You know, a little cloudy on Saturday. Maybe a little chilly, a little brisk. But 60s, 70s, that's what I'm seeing. Next week's going to be super nice. So get those coats off. Get suntan. We rolling. Let's ride. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. I'll see you guys next week. Real Daddy, he's out of here.